I have to share something right up front that I, I think is vitally important. And that is, I, I'm really worried about what has happened in the church of Jesus Christ, okay? And, and, and you need to hear, I know that in the church of Jesus Christ, it's become something where you kind of fly in on two wheels and fly out on two wheels, and you kind of sit, and, and you've done your Christian thing, okay? Guys, let me tell you something. If that's your mindset, you mind if I'm truthful about that? Okay, I think the devil has won. And I think the church is going right along with it. Okay? And I want you to understand, God created you for something awesome. God created you to be an impact to a lost and hopeless and helpless world. Okay? God created you to do something in the body that nobody else can do. So if, if you're not doing it, guess who's doing it? And I'm watching, and I'm, I'm hearing our district leadership talk about this. In all of our churches, there's kind of this no center because everybody just wants to do what they want to do. And if I can't do what I want to do, then I'll just sit out here and, and snipe. That's godless demonism, okay? Kids, can I, can I say something? You need to find your gifting in God's church and outside God's church, and you need to do it. Amen. Let me help you with something. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, when Jesus said, by my authority and power, go make disciples, okay, that's not like a suggestion. Do you ever hear what I'm saying? You know, he didn't, he didn't kind of make a suggestion. He said, now, if you're mine, go make disciples. About 99% of the people I know who call themselves Christians are not and have no idea how to make a disciple. I don't care if you're doing a few things here. I don't, think, I don't care if you're a nice person. I didn't ask you that. But you've got to understand, disciples, which is what a Christian is, you do understand it, right? Is everybody with me? A disciple is a, an exacting follower of Jesus Christ. Right? Disciples make what? Disciples. <laughs> All right. In two weeks, we're going to start a year. And I want this in every area of our church that I possibly can have it. We're going to start something in a, in a year, and it's going to be called Discipleship 101. And we're going to start at the beginning. November and December is just going to be on the gospel. And it is going to blow you away. Too many people who call themselves Christians really don't understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. They really don't. They've gone to church. They've done a few things. They like it a little bit. But you really aren't ensconced in and have not integrated the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because nobody's ever really sat down and explained to you the gospel. But let me help you with something. We don't need to just learn the gospel. We need to learn how the gospel lives. Are you with me? We need to, okay, how does this live out in my life every day? Okay, then it can't just stay there. So we've got learn, we've got live. 
And now, what, what would be the next part? The next L. Well, well sort of, another L. Does, does, does share start with L? <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Love. Lead would be good too, okay? But how do I love people with this? You, know, you got to understand something. That first Sunday in two weeks, you, you, you got to understand something. We're just going to find out how much God loves us. Most of us don't understand that God loves us. Most of us are trying to prove to God that he, we're worthy of his love, and we never are. Ooh, that's, a, that's hard, isn't it? That's harsh, isn't it? Huh? But we're not. No matter who you are, he loves you. No matter where you've been or where you are, he loves you. We're going to talk about that. When you go out to share with somebody, don't tell them how they got to quit their whatever they're doing. Tell them, God loves you. That's where you start. That's where we're going to start. Amen? You see, we got way too much up, down, flakiness in the church. Too much. We got to build something solid. And God will do something great in us and for us and through us. Amen? Are you with me? So very important, okay? We've been studying spiritual warfare for these four weeks. And I will say it again, okay? And if you want to open your Bibles, open your Bibles to James chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand and, and Russ will go get you one. All right, don't see any hands. In James chapter four, it it talks about the fact that I wanna start right here. Verse seven talks about the fact that you have the power and ability to resist the devil. Okay, I am so tired of the devil winning. I am so tired of hearing from so-called Christians that, oh, you, you that are old, remember Flip Wilson? Huh? I don't mean to call you old, but we are. All right, Flip, what Flip Wilson used to say? The devil made me do it. You remember that? Huh? You that are young have no idea what I'm talking about. Just going on with the ride, all right? But you got to understand, the devil don't make you do anything. You do. I'm going to stop right there until everybody smiles at me. The devil doesn't make you do anything. You do. We started out this study in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, and we talked about the fact that the Satan, a lot of people come to me and say, oh, Satan been messing me with, this, with me this week. Let me say this again. I don't mean to be harsh and ugly and nasty and negative, but most of the time when somebody's messing with you, it's you. The devil ain't out to mess with you. The devil's out to destroy you. <laughs> he is a roaring lion looking to devour you looking to devour your home, your marriage, your finances, your kids, your grandbabies, and everything in your world, including your church. Right now, I'm going to be honest, he's having a heyday. And church people, you better wake up. Okay? Hear what I'm saying. He ain't out to mess with you. Are you listening to me? He ain't out to, to, to come again. Oh, he's coming again. If, if he's coming against you, man, you know it. Amen? You need to hear this. You need to understand. He wants to devour you. I like that word too. We need to wake up to this. I'm hoping that from these four weeks, your, your sensitivity to this has been heightened. Amen? 
You need to see where he's working in your mind, in your heart, in your life. And, and you need to decide, I'm putting on the armor and I'm going to do a little whooping of my own. Amen? The next week, we talked about the fact that there has to come a day. There has to come a moment when you decide, no more. No more. You will not come in my home anymore. And anything you got in my home, gonna go. If you got TV stations that you know your kids don't need to be watching, don't say, well, we'll just watch them when they go to bed. Most likely, if they don't need to be watching them, you don't need to be watching them. Amen? Anybody with me? You understand what I'm saying? You know, if there's games, you know what games were made for, don't you? Does everybody know what games were made for? They were made back in the Vietnam area to desensitize people from killing people. Does everybody know that? So if these kids are killing people all the time on these games, guess what's happening? You say, well, it's just, just nothing. If it's something that doesn't need to be in their young minds, it doesn't need to be in your house. (laughs) Everybody got what I'm saying? There comes a time where it's got to stop. If something is coming into your mind and your heart that doesn't belong, you have to come to a time where it's like, whoa, no more. No more. Stop. And you've got the power to do it. The only person stopping you from having the power to do it is you. Is everybody with me? Does everybody still love me? Okay. You got to hear this. This is, this is so very, very, very important. And that week we studied the armor of God, putting on the, 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 the belt of truth. And this is Jesus Christ, what we're putting on, okay? And the breastplate of righteousness, okay? And the um, shoes of peace and the helmet of salvation. Taking up the, 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 the what's that thing called? Um, shield of faith. Thank you. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You need to learn, not just to read the word. Oh, I read the word today. You need to take the word and you need to say, how am I going to go out today and slice that sucker up? Because let me tell you, they had a meeting this morning to to decide how they were going to come slice you up. And that's what the church is supposed to be too. We're supposed to be coming together, figuring out how we're going to be there and have each other's backs instead of playing games and lifting each other up and saying, you know what? If you don't see it coming and I do, I got you. Is everybody with me? Is everybody with me? That's what the body's supposed to be about. Okay? And this is, this is such a very, very important thing. Last week we talked about, man, we have got to get sensitive about the, the, the way Satan is trying to enter our lives. And what he does is, he's, he's like a great boxer. If you've ever seen a great boxer, what great boxers do is they, they kind of troll. And they're looking for what? They're looking for an opening. You know? And let me help you with something. If they find an opening, they're not going to stand back. Oh, well, he has a weakness in that area. I'm not going to punch. Then he's going to punch harder. And you understand, that's the way Satan is. If you've got an area of entrance, if you've got an area of weakness, if you've got a place in your life that he could come in and plant his seeds of destruction, guess what he's going to do? You understand something? 
in, in Satan, I didn't really take a week to really explain Satan. The, Satan's a liar. John 8, 44 says he has been a liar from the beginning. He promised Adam and Eve what? He could give them more than God. God was holding out. He can give them more. Let me help you. Write this down in your notes. Satan ain't got squat. Are you with me there? The most hilarious line in the Bible is, he came to Jesus, the creator of everything it is, and says, listen, if you'll lay down, if you'll kneel and worship me, I'll give you the world. He doesn't own an acre. And he promised Jesus the world. <laughs> Somebody laugh with me, please. That's kooky. Yet how often do we believe his foolishness? How many men have come to me and said, I can't believe I did that with that lady at work. Because you listened to a lie. You listened that somehow, you know, this was going to give you more than your wife of, of your youth could give you. And, and it just grew and grew and grew. Let me help you with something. All Satan can give you is pain and heartache. That's all he'll give you. That's all he'll give you. But the coolest part is, you don't have to put up with his stuff. You, by the power of God, do have the power to resist him. And if you resist him, he will flee. Now, let me say something. The word, therefore, will flee does not mean immediately. Now, this is, this is something that's been hard for me because you ever said, you know, well, God, I'm claiming your word and your word says he will flee and he does it immediately and you're just like, yo, God, what's this? What this is, is God, God knows exactly what he's doing and he knows when it's time to run that dude off. But he also knows when it's time for you to learn some lessons. Are you with me? Are you with me? So you need to understand, it will happen. He will flee. He will flee. You can count on that, but in God's time, not mine. I don't like that. I want it in my time, don't you? Huh? Anybody else just honest before God? I want it in my time. Okay? So very, very, very important. Let's go to uh, um, chapter uh, 4, verse 1. There's some things here that I need, just the first couple, three verses I need to talk about first. What causes fights and quarrel among you? Now, we do know that even though everybody wants to think that their side of the argument is righteous, you ever been in a church in a church fight? You ever seen church fights? They are some of the meanest, nastiest, ugliest, most carnal things you've ever seen in your life. Those are the churches they send me. Because I'm one of the meanest, nastiest, Jerks in the world, but for God, right? But the bottom line is there's, there's nasty. But everybody thinks, well, my side's right. You know, what I'm doing is good for the kingdom. No, it's not. You're a selfish jerk. Amen. Somebody say amen. 
Yeah, understand, if you're fussing with the preacher, if you're fussing with each other, and if you're going out in your neighborhood and at your work telling about all the jerks at, 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 at the church, do you honestly think that glorifies God and is good for the kingdom? No, seriously. Seriously. It's not. But I've heard that stuff. I've heard that stuff. I usually laugh. Don't these quarrels come from your desires that battle within you? Next verse. Your desire, you desire, but you don't have. So you kill. I ain't never killed anybody. Does anybody know what the Sermon on the Mount says about murder? It's hate. I'm letting that sink in. You need to understand that if you have ought against someone, the word of God says you need to deal with that man. Right? You know, most people don't. They just gossip about me because they don't have the courage to come and talk to me. But the bottom line is you got to understand, you need to talk. You need to get it out in the open. You need to deal with that stuff, man. This is so very, very important. It's your desire. The problem is, anybody know what desires are? What you want for yourself when you want it. And if I don't get it, I'm going to be mad. And I need somebody to be mad at, so I'm mad at you. That's what he means by kill. You wouldn't believe the the so-called Christians... That had all, they've had all kinds of ought against each other. They haven't spoken in, there are churches where people haven't spoken in 20 years. But praise the Lord, we're saved, sanctified, and going to heaven. No, you're not. You're not, I'm sorry, you're not. If you live like hell, you're going there. Does everybody get that one? Okay? You can't tell I'm fired up today, can you? You understand, your desire, your desire, but you don't have, you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. I, I have heard of churches that have gotten mad and angry at each other over the color of the carpet. I say when that happens, raise the carpet and worship on concrete. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I mean, how stupid is that? You know, well, I don't like those accoutrements. Get saved, man. Amen? I'm serious. Get saved, man. You say, well, that sounds like me. Well, get saved, man. Amen? Amen? You do not have because you do not ask because you're too too often worried about me, 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 me. And if me don't get what me wants, me is going to be mad and me is going to make you as miserable as me. Enough. I'm sorry, if that's where you're at, you need to be saved. You don't need to be sanctified. You're not ready to be sanctified. You're not ready to be made holy. You need to be saved, man. You need to enter the kingdom. You need forgiveness. You need to repent. You need to become a Christian. You see, what I'm saying this morning is this spiritual warfare thing, you gotta understand. If you're not right with God, you ain't winning. Because you're going to have too much trash on your mind and your heart to pay attention long enough to win. And Satan knows it. 
Are you with me? You still love me? Okay. Next verse, please. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. I'll just move on. That's pretty obvious. Next verse. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity or become an enemy of God? Now, I'm not done, baby. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. The first part of this chapter is about confliction. (laughs) And let me tell you something. Satan uses confliction a lot. We're not really sure what team we're on. We're not really sure whether we're for God or against God. We're not really sure whether, you know, we like the church or we don't like the church. Ah, we're not sure whether we like the preacher or don't like the preacher. That's because you're conflicted. And your selfish desires are driving and defining you. You kind of know you want to be in the kingdom, but you kind of don't because I'm not getting what I want. So we're conflicted. Let me help you with something. Do you ever try to fight like this? Because you got one foot in the world and you got one foot in the kingdom. It does not work. You have to make a decision. Do you understand what I'm saying? Today, if you're conflicted mentally, emotionally, if your soul is conflicted, if your emotions are conflicted, if your mind is conflicted, you need to make a decision who your friend is. Growing up, remember in the neighborhood... There were certain people that could only be friends with one person at a time. You ever see them people? You know, you'd be their friend one day, and you go out to the next, you think you're walking home with that person, and they're saying, no, I can't walk home with you. I don't like you today. I like this person. They ever have the all all? I lived in a flake neighborhood. I know. Okay? We need to understand we need to pick a friend. And the two choices are the stuff and junk and garbage of this world, i.e. the satanic, or God. You see, there's many people that are losing this battle because they haven't chosen their team yet. They're kind of, but that doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work. There was, a, there was a Philadelphia Eagle a few years ago named Terrell Owens. Does anybody remember Terrell Owens? Poor little thing. Was a specimen. I mean, he was built a lot like me, wasn't he? He was a specimen. I mean, this guy was ripped and, and muscles and, oh, my goodness, he could jump through the sky. He could do anything physically on that field he wanted. But he was a fruitcake. He was. Remember him? One year, he almost, he carried them to the Super Bowl, and they didn't quite get it, but oh man, wasn't that a great year? Wasn't that a lot of fun to to watch that? And then the next year, he decided he didn't like McNabb and the Eagles. And he was nothing but trouble, and they had to get rid of him. That's kind of like the kingdom of God. That's kind of like the team of God. You need to decide what team you're on. You can't stay in the middle of a battle deciding which side's going to be the friend and which side's going to be the enemy. Because you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to be standing in the middle and everybody's going to meet in the middle. 
and you ain't going to be ready for anything, and you're going to get whooped. You need to understand, if you're a friend of the world, you are an enemy of God. I'm letting that sink. Because I don't know about you, but there's some stuff I really struggle with. There's some stuff in this world I really want. Anybody else? There's some stuff in this world I really desire. There's even some stuff in this world I desire that I'm not so sure God would want me to have. Oh, well, you're awful. No, I'm a human. But the reality is, I've got to pick a team. I've got to pick a side. We've all got to. Are you with me? If you don't pick a side, you're going to lose. Amen? Next verse, please. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? And that kind of goes along with that. Verse 6. But here's the, here, here we start getting down to brass tacks. But he gives more grace. Now let me, let me remind you of what grace is. Grace is the free gift of God. Emphasis, free. See, that freaks some church people out. You know, you gotta, no. It's free. It's free. You got the free part? In that package that God offers you for free, are you listening? Is everything you need for life eternal and to win spiritually. Please hear me. Please hear what I'm saying. If you ain't winning, it's because you haven't actually received this gift. Please hear me. Please hear me. But he gives more grace. Gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. We'll get back to that, verse seven. So submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Don't be giving me this stuff. I can't help it. Yes, you can. The gift is yours if you want it. Don't be giving me this stuff. I don't know how. Don't be giving this stuff. Well, you don't know how I was raised. Don't be giving me this stuff. You don't understand my situation or circumstance. I know this. Jesus Christ came. And Jesus Christ lived. And Jesus Christ was tried and tempted. And Jesus Christ was attacked. 
and Jesus Christ suffered and Jesus Christ died and Jesus Christ rose again and Jesus Christ sent the person of his Holy Spirit So enough with the excuses. He's already won. The problem is you haven't decided to win. Oh, well, that's too simple. Oh, no, you're trying to make that it too complex. So you have an excuse for losing. You see, guys, you have to understand something. I believe time's ticking down. I I don't get all this prophecy stuff. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I read Daniel, and I'm just like, what? I read Revelation, and I'm just like, who? I, I don't, I don't, I, I'll be honest. I, I, I don't get all that stuff. And all my life, you know, there was late great planet Earth when I was a little boy. And there's all these prophets and all these people saying it's going to be this day and that day and all that. I I don't, all these numerologists. I know this. This world is nuts. And it's getting nutsier. We could be at Armageddon in about a second and a half. And if you don't know... Armageddon will be the final battle. And I ain't got time to fool with a bunch of church foolishness. There's a world out there that I'm called to lead to Christ. And you're called to lead to Christ. Okay? So if somebody wants to play church foolishness, you just look at them and say, next and you move on to somebody who actually wants Jesus has everybody got me there I want you to understand this world's crazy our government's crazy our president's crazy our congress is crazy the whole bunch of them they're all crazy you do understand that right all right because it ain't Christian I don't care what they say they're all selfish Do you realize, even if God doesn't come back, folks, do you realize what your children and your grandchildren, you you realize the bill they're going to have to pay because we've been too unfocused and lazy to do what was right? You do understand that, right? Okay? I ain't got time for church foolishness. I ain't got time. Well, you didn't say something. I won't say shut up. I'll just move on. Kids, we need to win. We need people winning. We need people that say, you know what? I'm going to allow God to do a great work in my life. And the bottom line is, I'm going to win because I want my kids, my grandkids, my neighbors, my friends, my workmates, and everybody around me, and my churchmates, to know you can win. Enough. You can win. Let's do the next few verses and I'll finish up. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Let's keep going. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Next verse. 
Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. I'm just watching this thing. And there is no doubt in my mind why our country is saying no thank you to God. Because people who sit in church every Sunday ain't winning no more than the people that we say are the world. We ain't no different. Our attitudes aren't any different. Our love's no different. Our commitment's no different. And if we're Christians, it's different. He talks about washing your hands and purifying your heart. How about you? You got stuff on the outside you need washed up. A couple weeks ago, we were at the beach. And we walked around with Brahm and there were these stones. And they were some of the most beautiful, smooth stones. You ever been there and see what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? They're just beautiful, smooth stones. You know why? Because those wonderful salt waters and that sand been washing over them and washing over them and washing them. He didn't take sand from He just washed over them and washed over them and washed over them. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. Wash that trash on the outside of our lives that doesn't belong. Just wash it all. Amen? And then he wants to come on inside. And he wants to take our mind, and he wants to take our hearts, and he wants to take our souls, and he wants to take our commitments, and he wants to take our sacrifice. He wants to take everything, and he wants to purify it. And you know what that word is there for purity? It's catheter. Not a pleasant subject. (laughs) But he wants to rinse all that out. What's inside of you? Stuff that doesn't belong? What's in your mind? What controls your mind? What drives your mind? What do you allow in your mind? What's in your heart? What do you allow to kind of, do you have a heart of stone because somebody hurt you one time? Well, it's time for you to allow God to come and pluck that out, that heart of stone out, and put his heart inside of you. Amen? Amen? So very important. The last thing I want to speak to is this. If we're going to win spiritually, we got to quit being happy. I, I love this. Some of you are like, what? what? One thing that drives me about church is happy. How you doing? Great. My dad left, well, passed yesterday, but no problem. <laughs> Enough. You got a lost loved one, it ain't time to be happy. You got stuff in your life that doesn't belong. It ain't time to be happy. It ain't time to try to fool people. Are you with me? If you got stuff that you know in your life that doesn't belong, it ain't time to be happy. It's time to weep and it's time to mourn. The only way we're going to conquer, the only way we're going to get on top of this stuff is not faking it in church. It's to get on our knees and wail, weep, and mourn. Because, folks, I need spirit-empowered revival. How about you? 
I need God to cleanse my mind and my heart like never before. How about you? I need God to cleanse my mind and my marriage and my home. How about you? I need God to come on me and make me the man of God for you ladies, your woman of God that God created you to be. How about you? See folks, I don't have time for this mediocrity anymore. It makes God sick, makes me sick. We need to be people that stand up for God. We need to be a church that stands up for God. I'm watching and people are just all over the place. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea what they're doing in the kingdom. They, have, they don't even have a clue how to win people to Christ and how to make disciples. And I, my question is, why not? What have we been doing? Why are we not doing it? When we get to the pearly gates, what kind of excuse are we going to give? I didn't like the preacher. Well, I didn't know how. Like I tell people, you got a Bible and the Holy Spirit, don't you? Figure it out. I'm going to be teaching you over the next year, year and a half, but the bottom line is it's still up to you to take ownership, learn to do it, and do it. Christians that have been a Christian, let's say more than a year or two, you need to be making a disciple now. You need to have somebody that you are investing in the word of God, the love of God, the power of God, the spirit of God, teaching them how to be great men and women of God. If you're not, excuse me, I'm not yelling at you. What are we doing? Let me help you right at the end. If we're not doing it, it's because Satan is winning. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be mean, but I love you. You will never find the fulfillment and joy and power you're looking for until you take a baby Christian and you invest in their lives, and you love them when they're down, and you pick them up and dust them off when they fall. Everyone who calls the name of Christ as theirs needs to be doing that. Amen? Every one of us. And here's the coolest part. You can. And if you don't know how, I'll teach you. Are you with me? Wouldn't it be great not just to go to church, but to go to church knowing I'm going to come in next to the person that I've been investing in all week long. Sorry, you're just up front. (laughs) Folks, that's what Christians are supposed to be doing. Yet about 99% of the people who call themselves Christians that I know are not. And I hurt for you. I know that you can't really grow unless you're doing the will of God. I'm going to say something else. Russ, I'm sorry. 
We don't need to wait till somebody's 21 to do that. They could be doing that when they're teenagers. Amen? Would that be wonderful? Would you love to know your kids going out one night a week to invest the love and grace and word of God in somebody else's life? Would that be cool? Would that make you proud? Huh? There's no joy like that. You know? I want you to hear this. In a couple of weeks, we're starting Discipleship 101. But my question is, do you want it? You can't just want it. The love of God goes like this. Amen? You can't just say that, gimme, gimme, gimme. You got to go gimme so that I can share it. And when you empty yourself in somebody else, he could pour in fresh water again. Huh? But I'm going to ask you again. Do you want it? Or do you have some strange, unbiblical philosophy? Well, I don't need to be doing that. I'm special. No, you need to be saved. Are you with me? Is anybody with me? We have a lost world that needs this. Amen? Every one of us have people around us that feel like they're hopeless. You know, I I talked to my neighbor yesterday and really the first time really, really started connecting. Found out his father took his own life about five years ago. And he's like, Pastor, why? I'm like, I'm glad you asked. That old stinking accuser was telling him everybody's better off without him. And I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something. God has something special for you. Amen? Amen? That's what we all need to be doing. That's what we all need to be doing. And that's what we all can be doing. And guys, we should never expect anything less of each other. Amen? Is it hard? Yes. Is it scary? Yes. Especially the first time you do it. Do you ever try to share Christ with somebody? You're, you're, you're hot from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes. You're just nervous because you're not used to doing it. But kids, the only way we're going to win is stop sitting around doing church for ourselves and start doing church to the glory of God and for everybody around. Amen? Let me ask you a question. You want to win? We're going to sing a song. These altars are open. It may be time to choose a team. It may be time to quit playing games. Amen? Maybe time to say, I don't know how I could do this, or I'm not really sure, but decide, I'm going to do the will of God. Amen? Let's stand. These altars are open. You can kneel where you are. Whatever. This is a great day to choose.